The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jalen Nye. This is the Afternoon News on Edmonton's News and Conversation Station. 630 Chad with guest hosts Brad Whisker and Morgan Black. Morgan Black and Brad Whisker joining you for the Friday edition of the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News. Jalen Knight will be back on Monday, but right now we are wanting to get straight into things. What's on everyone's mind, the Chuckeg Creek wildfire. Now, Scott Johnson, 6.30 Chad reporter, is, is currently in Slave Lake, and he is just standing by to bring us the latest. Scott, how are you doing? Hey, Morgan, how goes it? Goes pretty well. So, Scott, you drove up, you drove you drove to Slave Lake this, this afternoon, correct? How was the drive there? Uneventful. I mean, it was, the, the roads were pretty well empty. Mostly it was just truckers uh, doing their long-haul stuff. So, uh, got up here when we got up here, and uh, as the afternoon has worn on, the smoke has uh, filled the skies a little more, and you, you can smell the difference. But I just uh, spoke... To uh, one chap is who's here from uh, way up north, and he's saying it's much better today than it was yesterday. His wife's pregnant with uh, a difficult pregnancy, and things were so bad yesterday she had to stay indoors. But today she's out uh, taking a stroll with her husband and, and their five kids, so it, it's all good. Now, an eight-hour evacuation alert does remain in effect for the town of Slave Lake. Are you getting the sense that a lot of residents are getting ready to leave, or are many of them just going out right away i'm outside the no frills grocery store and there's a steady parade of people here uh, getting things as they get ready to uh, get on the road if they have to but uh, today is so much different than yesterday because the wind is in a different direction and uh, there's not the urgency but they've got to keep that eight hour advisory on just in case things shift again and they run into more danger have you spoken with anyone like what what's the what's the vibe of of the urgency to get out it doesn't seem to be a major one now obviously it was a lot different yesterday when uh the eight hour uh, evacuation notice was put on but today things are pretty chill i mean you can tell that it's blue sky above us even though you can smell the smoke and the haze has grown through the afternoon but uh things seem relatively quiet yeah scott listen you mentioned the uh the wind direction and yesterday it was pushing the flame the smoke into the town for the next few days do you know what it's supposed to get like in uh, slave lake uh we're keeping an eye on the forecast but things can change because things are so uh up in the air because of the of the fire and that and uh so they take it with a eight hours 12 hours out because uh, the longer you put a forecast further out the more inaccurate it is and how about evacuees have you run into anybody that's come down from high level that's currently in slave lake just spoke to this one chap right now rick foley his name and uh he seems in a pretty good mood as are his kids did uh when you were talking to him did you get a chance to to bring up the the provincial assistance have they secured that funding they have. Uh, their hotel's being paid for. Their meals are being paid for. He says, if we leave and go somewhere else like Edmonton, we lose our $7,000 uh, for the month. So with five kids, uh, they want to stay here and just uh, 
chill until they can go back. When you say that he'd lose his $7 for the month, what do you mean? Well, if he's in this situation here where he's accounted for, he's under the uh, under the program. If he leaves Slave Lake, then he's no longer part of the program and he's on his own. Scott, you were in Edmonton yesterday, obviously, breathing in the air that all of us were feeling, and it was thick, it was poor quality. Now, the day later, has have you seen conditions during your drive? Where Was it getting clearer, or was it getting worse as you got closer to Slave Lake? It was only in the last little bit getting closer to Slave Lake. You could start to see the difference. On, on the way up, it was just like many, many of those forest fires from years past where the smoke would pour into the city every once in a while and there'd be some haze, but it wasn't that big of a deal. Now, I understand the heavy smoke is past Edmonton and is now further south down Calgary Way, so that's where the wind is taking it. But right now, yes, you can smell it. You notice the haze. The wind is uh, coming from the south. looks like southwest as I look at a couple of flags outside the town hall here and uh, things are relatively good. Scott, are a lot of people wearing face masks to block out the smoke or anything like that? I haven't seen anybody. No one. No, how about uh, how about shops? How about shops, Scott? Like, uh, are people going to, to grocery stores to, to, to get food? Are people gassing up their vehicles? Do you notice any more uh, traffic in those areas? Well, nothing to compare to, uh, on the before and after, but uh, yes, People are shopping. Now, I collaborated with uh, our colleague from Global, Kent Morrison. He was saying some restaurants are closed and other places like that, stores uh, that are not grocery stores because the people who work there are getting out of town because they're, they're moving on. But there's most activity that you would see on a normal day is happening right now. Mayor Tyler Warman says they've got tanks full of water at the ready, sprinklers on the edges of town in case those flames get close. Are they, is that something that could come into play in the following days? He also said that they are over-prepared for that. When you go through 2011, you learn best practices, so uh, it's better to, you know, that old saying, be safe than sorry. Now, they did have the fire overnight, but with a new one that popped up, at about 3 in the morning. It was about 12 kilometers out of town, and they got on it right away and had it taken care of right away. So it did not become an issue, and they're thankful for that because that could have been a problem had they not gone on it right away. Have you spoken to anyone who was there in 2011 during the fire? I haven't talked to someone yet. A couple of people I have talked to are recent additions to town. So, uh, yeah, they... This one guy who came from Nova Scotia about six years ago to work up north, so haven't changed on that in any way. All right, that is Scott Johnson, who is usually our City Hall Bureau Chief here at 630 Chet, and he made the road trip to Slave Lake to do some excellent reporting for us. Thank you so much, Scott. Talk to you guys later. Bye. It's I, I cannot imagine being in Slave Lake right now. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, because of what happened in, in 2011, there's obviously that that concern. But uh, by the sounds of it from Scott right now, things seem to be under control that uh, even the mayor is saying that, you know, they're, they're more than ready should those flames uh, get closer to the town. So, I mean, right now, it just sounds like everybody in that area is getting ready in case that evacuation alert is, is made mandatory and people need to get out. But you know, there's uh, we're not going to to try and uh, and scare anyone right now. It's it's a good day. It's a much better day than it was yesterday. Yesterday, it seemed like things were going to take a, a turn for the worse, but uh, the smoke has subsided clearly in Slave Lake and also you know south of Slave Lake here in Edmonton. So hopefully that this is the start of a positive trend. The winds keep shifting in the right direction to to swing the flames away from both Slave Lake and uh, and high level, and hopefully we get cooler temperatures and some rain as well. Now we spoke to Mayor. Tyler Warman on 6.30 Chad's The Ryan Jesperson show earlier this morning and he said while it's not mandatory to get out of Slave Lake yet, many people aren't waiting for that order to come. I'm fully aware that there are some people that um, decided to, uh, to leave and, and go to other communities or take the weekend off and, and catch you later. We have most of the businesses ended up shutting down yesterday afternoon just because of staffing issues and um, you know obviously we're community is sensitive to uh, this situation has gone through it in the past and, and uh, we over prepare I think. And as Scott Johnson said as well, unfortunately, they have the benefit of experience when it comes to being prepared. You know, stuff that we would have never have done in the past, but now we, we over prepare and over deliver and hope it's all a waste of time. Coming up on the other side of the break, Chief Ken Block with Edmonton Fire Rescue Services is joining us to talk about that fire ban that's in place. You're listening to the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye on 630 Chad, Edmonton's news and conversation station with guest hosts Brad Whisker and Morgan Black. Morgan Black sitting in the chair for Jalen Nye. She will be back on Monday. I'm joined by Brad Whisker, and we are talking fires. Now, obviously, yesterday it was thick smoke. It looked, I mean, apocalyptic, we can say. I think that was the word on everyone's minds. Today, it's, it's not so bad. And despite that, though, a fire ban is now in place in the city of Edmonton. And so that means you cannot open burn. You can't have any fireworks, back, backyard fire pits not allowed, cooking stoves and barbecues that use fuel such as wood and briquettes. And to give us more information on the fire ban, we welcome to the show Edmonton Fire Rescue Services Chief Ken Block. Hi, Chief. How are you? Hey, Morgan, Brad, I'm well. How are you? We're very well. Thanks for joining us. Now, what goes into the decision to declare a fire ban in the city? So we, uh, Fire Rescue Services monitors the fire weather index uh, indices very, very closely. And, uh, you know, that measures things like uh, humidity, uh, the uh, the the ground uh, moisture level that type of thing and we're we're in extreme levels uh in in all of the uh all of the measurements and we have been now for a few days and you couple that with uh with the forecast which uh just doesn't show a high degree of certainty that we're going to get any moisture so we just feel that uh, the uh, conditions are extreme from a fire risk perspective and the right thing to do is is to call a complete fire ban. This also includes uh, parks within the city as well right chief? Absolutely it it includes uh, everything within the municipality. 
So if you're not complying with the fire ban, what kind of fines or charges might come into effect with the, with the situation? Uh, so uh, th- there, there are uh, uh, fines that community standards would, would uh, look after enforcing. Uh, you know, I, I can't tell you exactly what the amount of the fines are. However, what, what listeners should know uh, more importantly even than the fine is there is a liability incurred here. So if, if someone carelessly uh, causes a, a, a fire, a wildfire, uh, under a complete fire ban, and that that can be proven, they can be liable for the costs incurred. So I'm talking now about the delivery of the response and also, uh, you know, the damages that, that are incurred as well. So it, it's very significant. And, and beyond just the monetary value of either a fine or the liability uh, is really the risk that, that uh, you know, carelessness would, would put an entire community, or in our case, an entire city at. Uh, wouldn't it be sad if, if we had a major event in the River Valley and lost some of that beautiful park space because of someone's carelessness. So, Chief, I know it's early in the season, and I know that the fire ban is just in effect today, and obviously crews will be watching and making sure that people are following the rules, but how has the season been so far for you folks? So, uh, you know, the season started out uh, relatively normal. It's really been the last uh, week to 10 days uh, where the, uh, you know, the industry levels have, have uh, kind of... Uh, trended upward and and now we're in that extreme fire risk area and chief uh when it comes to following the rules i think and unfortunately a lot of people who smoke forget to to properly discard their cigarette butts and that has been a big point of contention for you in the last few years because there have been numerous incidents that have incurred millions of dollars of damage uh, Brad, absolutely. And, and again, beyond the damage, it's put, uh, I'm going to say, thousands of, of citizens at risk and actually displaced uh, many of them for months and even years and some even permanently. They've, they've had to totally uh, uh, pick up roots and, and find a, a different, uh, you know, a, a different form of residence. Uh, again, it, it, it just, it's, it's hard to fathom how, uh, you know, a certain segment of, of our population uh, struggles with uh, uh, coming to, to grips with uh, not being careless when it comes to smoking. Uh, this isn't a difficult thing, and uh, yet we continue to see uh, time and time again where uh, improperly disposed uh, smoking material leads to significant fires. Now, in terms of when the fire ban could end, what kind of conditions do we need to see to rescind the fire ban? So we're going to need to see uh, sustained uh, precipitation. We, we need some moisture. And I'm not talking about just a day of rain here. It's going to be multiple days. And so this fire ban is going nowhere for uh, uh, the immediate future. Uh, the weather forecasts that I'm following, uh, I don't see any sustained rain in the forecast. However, uh, forecasts can change, and uh, let's hope that they do, and, and let's hope we end up with two or three days of, of uh, precipitation in, in our near future here. Chief, you mentioned the moisture and the need for rain, and a question that we've been getting often quite recently since the high-level fire uh, started and now with the, the fire ban is, 
the winter this year was it was really bad and there was a lot of snow and, a, and a, the cold weather persisted for seemingly months on end and at times it, you would think that winter was never going to end so people are having a hard time understanding just why the conditions are so perfect for fires to start so early in the season yeah, you know, it, it, it is an interesting conversation, and uh, conditions can change that quickly. If you think about it, we've had a considerable amount of wind uh, this spring, and, and sustained wind, and, and quite high wind values. Uh, that can really dry uh, the landscape out, and in fact, it has here. Uh, every spring, after winter, uh, before, you know, the, the, the real lush growth starts, uh, there is a, a, a time of, of a high risk of, of uh, outside wildfires. And, you know, th- this spring has been, has been no exception to that. Uh, I just think that, that with uh, the absence of moisture so far in, in May and in much of April, even with, the, uh, I agree with you, even with the, uh, you know, the, the large amount of snow that we had, it's just, it's just led to this dry, extreme condition that we're experiencing now. Uh, Again, let's hope that there's some rain in, in the near future to, to help us uh, alleviate this. Can you pass on some simple tips to fire guard your home, specifically outside? Because as I mentioned earlier, and, and you know this all too well, once a fire starts, the risk of it reaching you know the apartment unit next to it or the home next to it, it can happen in the blink of an eye. Yeah, Brad, that, that's such a good point. And, and, you know, it's really about housekeeping uh, outside. So, you know, keep your property, uh, uh, you know, uh, neat. And don't be storing combustibles uh, in an improper fashion. So, you know, keep any combustibles well away from uh, uh, your residence, well away from outbuildings if possible. And, you know, look after grooming uh, any of the uh, vegetation that you have. So, uh, you know, keep your keep your lawn cut and, and trimmed and neat. And, uh, uh, you know, if you do have some, uh, some bush or vegetation on your land beyond uh, uh, lawn, uh, keep it maintained and, and rake up the deadfall and, and uh, you know, try to lessen, uh, I guess, how vulnerable your property would be if there was a, a fire uh, exposure. Chief Block, we very much appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to chat with us and educate us a little bit as well. Always a pleasure. Thank you. All right, that was Edmonton Fire Rescue Services Chief Ken Block sharing. Uh, I, it makes me think that I'm not as fire prepared as I should be. <laughs> I don't think anybody can ever really be uh, as fire prepared as they want. Um, the one thing that it's it, it's too bad that we always have to ask him and get him to remind people about cigarette butts it's such an easy thing to avoid yet it happens all the time and i can recall three or four incidents last year alone where it was between five hundred thousand and two million dollars worth of damage because somebody either you know flicked their butt on a dry patch of grass or put it out in their their planting pot and the message just doesn't get through and you can almost hear it in the chief's voice that he's he's getting tired frustrated he's getting tired of sending his crews to these sort of fires when it's such an easy thing to prevent well and i think we we touched on this yesterday it it just drives me up the wall when i see someone flick their cigarette butt while they're driving on the white mud or on the hen day and you're like it's so it's such a it's such a small second of okay i'm gonna do this and you have no idea what 
ripple effect it's going to cause. Like if it catch if something catches fire, that could be catastrophic. Well, and that's the thing, and you know, a lot of people think that, okay, I'll I'll flick my cigarette on the concrete, but it's been windy, and if that but you know rolls off the highway and again into a, a dry patch of grass suddenly ha- you have an incident on your hand that that could have been so easily prevented but and you know companies now have created products so that you can butt out in your car with with ashtrays and and so many different prevention tools to avoid these scenarios from taking place but um, no, no matter the effort from uh, Edmonton Fire Rescue Services, it continues to happen every year. And you can hear the exasperation in his voice. Please butt out your cigarettes if you are on the commute home. Let's head to the news.